USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance and Pete Lance are your hosts for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth by providing safe and effective strategies. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise and a special good morning to Pete Lance. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And good morning to attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning. So what do you think the most valuable thing is that most people own or have in their asset box that they don't really think about as being their most valuable asset? Social security. Social security. People think that well, it's not that much. It's not something I can pull out of the bank and so forth. But for almost everybody listening today, Social Security is the most valuable asset that you have. Think of it as a stream of payments that you're going to get for as long as you live once you activate your account. But it's critically important that you make the right decisions. And what I can tell you is that about half of the people who file for Social Security do so at the wrong time, make the wrong decisions and don't really know what they're doing. So hopefully today we're going to be able to clear up some of the mystery about what is Social Security, how much can you get, how can you maximize your benefit, when should you take it, what happens if you're ill, what happens if you don't have longevity in your family. Maybe that might make a difference. But today we're going to talk about Social Security, and we're going to specially feature today one of my old friends called Dr. Seuss because he really had a lot of interesting things to say. Like, how did it get late so soon? It's night before it's afternoon. December is here before it's June. My goodness, how the time has flown. How did it get late so soon? Well, that's what happens when you're looking at retirement. You wouldn't know that yet, Pete, because you're still very young. Uh, You're a young man. Uh, not necessarily in terms of your years of wisdom. And anytime you have children, you learn a lot of things really quickly, don't you? Yeah, you do. And and I've always really liked that Dr. Seuss poem. And it's very true. I mean, time flies. It's amazing. Time flies. And most people suddenly say, gee, am I ready for retirement? Do I need to collect Social Security? Sandy, do you know what the number one age is when most people in this country apply for Social Security? For some reason, I believe it's 62. It is. So 62 is actually the earliest age which you can apply for Social Security. And more than half of all people say, well, you know, I've paid into Social Security all my working career, and I'm entitled to this money, and I want to start getting my money, and they file at age 62. And for almost everybody who does so, it's the wrong decision. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But Social Security actually has been around for quite a while, hasn't it? It's been around since when, Tenny? Do you know? It was signed into law by Franklin Roosevelt, 1935. Yep. So that's been around for a long time. And and part of the reason for that was people were having a hard time surviving once they got older. Uh, It wasn't until 1939 that the Congress added benefits for spouses and survivors and minor children were also added. So it's a very important program. And between Medicare and Social Security, it eats up more than half of our budget, our federal budget. A lot of people don't realize what an important program it is. You started off the show in a little bit of a different way than you normally do. Um, You didn't really do normal introductions, but you started by asking the question, you know, what is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, retirement asset that people have? And I knew the answer to that because we talk about it all the time. Um, It's not in all cases, but in many cases it is your largest retirement asset. And an example of that is if somebody does start collecting at age 62, and just as an you know, arbitrary example, it's $1,500 a month as their benefit. You multiply that times 12, and then just as, a, again, an arbitrary uh, uh, number of 20 years, so that person passes away at age 82, well, 
in those 20, quote-unquote, short years, that's $360,000 in Social Security benefits. Yes. So that's a large asset that people don't think about. No, people tend not to think about it as being an asset that they own, but it's it's a program that you contributed to. We're going to talk about how is the amount calculated, how can you have a larger amount, and what's the optimal time for collecting Social Security. I guess the short answer... One second, uh, if I could. The short answer to that is there's no immediate right answer that's a generalization for everybody. Everybody's different, and you have to do uh, computer analysis in order to determine what's best for you. And as an example, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize mom was waiting to talk, but just really quickly as an example, if that person lived to be 92 and collected benefits for 30 years, then that's $540,000. Yep. So mom is about to try to say something, but I'll keep talking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just uh, thinking that people need to realize that effectively the federal government has said, okay, you can take Social Security at 62, but we're going to penalize you if you do that, if you do not wait until your actual primary retirement age, which is now for most everyone about 67. Right. So it's sort of like a penalty if you take it early. Well, it is. It's the same kind of a penalty in some ways if you uh, don't take Medicare insurance when you should, then you're going to be paying a higher cost for your Medicare insurance. People don't realize that. Um, We're not going to go into Medicare today, but we are going to be talking about Medicare as a special topic all by itself because it's that complicated and that important. Medicare is the federal health insurance program, and for most people, you need to sign up when you reach age 65. You can do it a couple months before and a couple months after, but if you don't do it on time, then you're going to pay a higher cost for Medicare insurance premium for the rest of your life. There's some exceptions to that that we'll talk about when we do a special program on Medicare because we are in Medicare season. So let's talk about Social Security. And we've recently done some seminars to the public. We did an abbreviated seminar that we recorded as a webinar and put up on our website. And you can go to usawealthgroup.com and you can see those slides if you wish. I think most people um, have a question about whether Social Security will even be there when they become of retirement age. Well, the um, Social Security trustees publish an annual report. They've just done one recently. They do it every single year. They talk about how much is in the so-called Medicare trust fund, and they have predictions about when it's going to run out of money, and is there a surplus or not. But that's actually a big myth about the Social Security trust fund, isn't it? It really doesn't exist. No, um, and, you know, the vast majority of people think that we will never have to worry about Social Security running out. The bad news is is that the people in the workforce will just be paying more, unfortunately. Right, or they can keep tinkering with the age at which you can collect. That as well, which they do, and they have done. So um, here's the biggest problem today, and that is that a lot of people really hurt their retirements and their retirement income because they make really terrible, bad, costly decisions about Social Security because even though they think it's a simple program, it's not. It's complicated. There's more than 20,000 pages of regulations that dictate when and how much you can get from Social Security. So I'd like to start um, as we begin today and tell you that we have a very interesting guide and we provide this for somebody who wants to come in and meet with us in the office and do a social security analysis. It's called The Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security. And it answers really a lot of good questions. Uh, We spend money for this document. It's uh, six full pages laminated. It folds over into a trifold thing. And it says what baby boomers need to know about social security. What is it? What are the benefits of social security? As a quick example there, It's a predetermined amount of income that you're going to get in retirement. So by the time you reach the end of your working career, 
the amount of Social Security income you're going to be entitled to is, is pretty much well known. And you can get a statement. You get statements usually once a year. And it will tell you how much you've earned, your earning formula, how much did you pay in over the years. But most importantly, it's a source of steady income that comes to you each and every single month. You can never outlive it. Once the amount is established, except for cost of living increases, you're going to get this check for the rest of your life. Most people choose to take it not in a check form, but they'll take it and have it directly deposited into their account. And you'll have a, a regular date every single month when that will occur. But it is a lifetime income. It's one of the few sources of income that you can be assured of getting and never running out of. Um, and if you live to be 100, it's going to continue as long as you live. And it is adjusted for inflation. Yep. However, that adjustment is often eaten up by uh, health insurance coverage. Yeah, and um, Dad, you mentioned that we pay for this. It's uh, through horse's mouth, and anytime that there are changes to Social Security, any type of, uh, types of rules or laws, then um, we get the new information right away. The other thing that you mentioned is uh, the cost of living increases. It's actually called the uh, cost of living adjustment, or COLA, and we are set to see the biggest uh cost of living adjustment since 1983 because of what's going on with inflation right because now inflation, in our economy. Yep. The cost of living formula is not created every year because they decide to give you more money. The formula for that is strictly based on inflation. So if inflation goes up, you get a cost of living increase. The prediction is for 2022, people are going to see a fairly significant cost of living increase for Social Security. But as Tenney said, Attorney Tenney Lance, uh, you may see part of that being taken away again by the cost of paying for your Medicare health insurance. So here's another quotation from Dr. Seuss. The more that you read, the more things you will know. The more that you learn, the more places you'll go. That's what we're doing today. We want to teach you as much as you can possibly learn about Social Security. So we have a lot of very good specific information. If you Stay tuned. We will be right back and give you a lot of good ideas. You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, hosted by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508 998 8858 for a consultation or a second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508-998-8858. And now, back to MoneyWise with the Money Guys. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You know, every time I sit in the radio room here, I'm reminded that we have this aging Hershey's Kiss sitting on top of the little mechanical device that controls some of the radio equipment. And it reminds me that it's sort of like us. This is a symbol because uh, we have a gentleman who used to work here. He's now working someplace else. And the person that he um, learned a lot from and has a relationship with also runs the radio show right now. And I think this Hershey's Kiss is a symbol but right now it's looking a little crinkly, and that's kind of what happens when we get old, right? So I'm wondering how long this little Hershey's Kiss is going to last. I don't dare touch it. I don't dare peel it back and put it in my mouth. Um, it just reminds me of Dr. Seuss all the time. Reminds me of a kind of a, of a nice warm feeling because it reminds me of the person who left it, and it's, it's charming. I love it. Okay. I think it should stay here. Of course, it may melt sometime on top of this little console, too. That sometimes happens. Dr. Seuss once said, Today you are you, that is truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. You're like me when you get hooked on you know something. There's, every once in a while I'll get hooked on a band and I don't listen to anything else but that band for a week or two. And my wife gets mad at me and says, Can't you listen to something else? And... Eventually, I do get tired of listening to that, and I go to something else. But you and your quotes, you're either 
hung up on one person or another. And usually it's Rodney Dangerfield, nothing but Rodney Dangerfield, or. Well, I've, I've pretty much. But it's used, hard to get quotes every single week, and he does a good job of them. I've pretty much used up all the Rodney Dangerfield quotes that are clean and that you can use on the radio. He had a lot of quotes that maybe are not quite so suitable or appropriate for a radio show, but they're funny. But anyway, Dr. Seuss had a lot of wisdom uh, in the things that he said. So we have this wonderful thing called the Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security. And I started to talk about that. I want to come back to it for a minute. It's a wonderful guide. It answers lots of good questions. We will provide this with no obligation to do anything if you choose to make an appointment and come in and let us help you do a Social Security analysis. Uh, Peter is very adept at that on the computer. Uh, There's no cost to doing this. But, boy, you really ought to do the analysis before you make a decision when to start your Social Security. And give us a call, by the way, at 508-998-8858 if you think you would like to come in and do a Social Security analysis. And why do you think someone should do a Social Security analysis? Well, because we can talk about, you know, how your retirement benefit is calculated. Most people don't understand, for example, that it's not your highest earning years that are taken out. There's a misconception about that. What they do is they look at your highest 35 years that you've worked. So if you, if you worked for 45 years and you had 10 years of really low earnings, and then they will only take your 35 highest earning years and they will average that, and that's going to determine how much you're going to get. So you'll learn that. You'll learn about when you can begin taking Social Security. And Tenny was right earlier. She said for most people it's going to be age 62. But... Um, There's a magic terminology called, what is your full retirement age? That's the age at which most people should think about taking it, or at least not before then. It's either 66 or 67 or somewhere in between. Right. And some some people, it might be 66 in six months. I mean, it really depends on the year that you were born. Um, There's all kinds of reasons for people to come in and do their Social Security analysis. Another reason is because we might be able to find an error in your social security mm-hmm. earnings record. And what that means is, and we have seen it firsthand, including uh, somebody who used to work for you, Dad, right. um, where there was a year or a couple of years in that case that the earnings were off or not there at all, and we had to go back and talk to social security and get it corrected, and that made a huge difference. That's a good point, uh, Pete, because when you're thinking about starting social security, you obviously want to know the answer to the question, how much am I going to get? And you need to know what your full retirement age is. And for most people, is between 66 and 67 years of age. Depends upon the year in which you were born. We can go through that with you. And at that age, you will receive the full unreduced PIA, which stands for primary insurance amount. Right. If you take it earlier than your full retirement age, you're going to get a smaller amount, and it's going to remain smaller for the rest of your life. Uh, another reason to come in uh, is to um, make sure that you actually want to start collecting Social Security when you're looking to collect. And uh, if there are other retirement assets that may not be earning a whole lot, maybe you start drawing down from that and delay Social Security. Um, there's some other reasons, which is if uh, you have any concerns at all about your longevity, I can do what's called a break-even analysis, and that shows, okay, if you were to start taking it at age 62, but you don't have a lot of longevity in your family and you're worried that you might pass away before you know, age 80 or 85 or whatever, uh, if, and that's some of the uncomfortable questions that we have to sometimes you know, deal with and talk about is, is there a history of longevity or not in your family? Or yeah. do you have an illness? Right. And so if, if so, if, if you don't have a, a good longevity history in your family um, bloodline, then maybe you start collecting right away and you don't wait until you know, you're older. In some people's case, you don't have any option but to start taking Social Security right away. But here's the important reason why we tell people, don't take it at 62 unless you really need to for some reason. If you start taking Social Security at age 62, the amount you're going to receive, the benefit you're going to get will be somewhere between 70 and 75 percent 
or what you would get if you waited until your your full retirement age. And that's we call that FRA, full retirement age. A lot so, of little acronyms. Yep. There's really only two that we're mostly concerned about. One is full retirement age between 66 and 67. So if your full retirement age is 67 and you start collecting at age 62 instead, you're only going to get about 70% of the amount you would otherwise get if you had waited. Well, what do you do in the meantime if you need money? Well, we've talked about this before. I mean, what you're talking about right now, just so it doesn't get glossed over, is and those of you who are regular listeners at home know that we've talked about this before. It's basically a guaranteed 8% rate of return for every year that you do not collect your Social Security. So that's a guarantee, um, you know, unless something changes. Um, that's a pretty good guaranteed rate of return. And that's why we tell people to delay their earning, uh, their, their uh, Social Security collection until and unless they absolutely need it. So the number one rule I would mention today is delay and get proper advice on when to start. And also, if you can wait from your full retirement age, let's say it's 67, for three more years up until age 70, you're gonna make another 8% per year increase. That's another 24% increase. It's huge, it's yep. a huge benefit. If it makes sense for you to wait, not everybody it does. And that's one of the things, and one of the important reasons to come in and sit with us is because we can and you know, analyze everything and analyze your your needs, your wants, your desires in retirement. And then we go over a budget with you and we determine whether or not you can afford to delay taking your social security benefit. Right. So, uh, Tenny, you're collecting social security right now. I am. And I'm collecting social security. There's something else that's really important about social security, and that is if you're married, then one spouse dies, the surviving spouse is always going to receive the larger of the two benefits. Right. And and I think that you're starting to get into the conversation where you talk about also what happens if you were married to someone and are divorced now. As long as you were married to them for 10 years, you can actually collect a benefit off of your ex-spouse and a lot of people may not be aware of that mm -hmm. and you like to talk about marrying up and you know uh, I think there was one case that you like to talk about from time to time where a guy was divorced three times and had all three ex-spouses collecting benefits off of his social security that he wasn't even aware of right and some very specific rules on that by the way um, in order to collect uh, benefits off a divorced former spouse you have to have had a marriage that lasted for at least 10 years so I, I did have a woman who came to the office and she asked whether she was eligible to collect from her divorced ex-husband. I said, was the marriage at least 10 years? She said, yes. She said, but he's also um, was divorced two times before that. I said, were each of those marriages for at least 10 years? And she said, yes. So I said, so he had three marriages, each of which lasted 10 years. That means all three former spouses can collect off of his record. He'll never know it. It's confidential, private information, and each of the prior spouses will never know it either. Kind of reminds me of a cat having nine lives. Well, I, don't, I, I know somebody who is married five times and divorced five times, but that's the most I know. I can't imagine. My God, why would you want to? Well, who was that famous woman from the 50s that got married like 10 times? I don't know, probably Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, there you go. I couldn't remember her name. Uh, Dr. Seuss once said... You're in pretty good shape for the shape you're in. And I was pleased to read this because I've told so many people that, you know, you're in very good shape for the shape you're in. <laughs> and now you and know I never where knew it came, came from, from Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss again. Strikes again. Yep. Well, he also said from there to here and here to there, funny things are everywhere. He had a lot of good science things that rhymed. Well, that's what he was all about, yes. <laughs> so... Again, don't apply too early. And by the way, it's really important to know that people who work for the Social Security Administration are prohibited by their own regulations from giving advice to clients right. about when they should take their Social Security. They can tell you how much you'll get at various ages, but they're not allowed to tell you what some of the ways you, you can um, increase your benefits. Right, they can't give you any kind of like loopholes or advice. They can only tell you what it, what's going on with your particular situation. And so, I also think it's interesting that 
amount of Social Security regulations that are out there. You think it's a simple program. No, it isn't. And it was originally intended for poor people. We're going to come back to that in just a minute after a short break. We've got a lot more specific stuff to talk to you about. And we want to tell you um, how you can increase your benefit even if you're already collecting. So stay tuned and we will be right back. This is Money Wise Radio with Ray and Pete Lance, powered by the USA Wealth Group. Collectively, more than 80 years of experience helping clients define and plan for their retirement goals. To begin a retirement consultation, call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're talking about Social Security and how it is such an important asset for you. And boy, you've really just got to always make sure you're making the right decision. So what happens if you have started collecting Social Security already? Can you go back and correct your record? Depends on how long it's been since you uh, started collecting. Okay, so that's partially true. First of all, if you are within one year from starting and then you get some information from a show like we do um, or come in for a visit, if it's within a year, you can stop taking Social Security. Um, you pay back the amount of money that you had collected within that one-year time schedule, and then you can postpone taking it until a later date and get a higher benefit. And we've had a few people do that. They didn't realize that they should have waited longer. And uh, the other time you can go back and correct your record is if you are on Social Security and you realize that you never really took a look at your earnings history, your earnings record, go back and look at your earnings history. You can do that online, uh, socialsecurity.gov, and you set up an account for yourself. It's a very uh, protected piece of information. But if you find out that your record has mistakes in it, you can go back to Social Security and correct your record, show them that you had some additional earnings that they didn't have, and they will adjust and you'll get credit for all that and um, you'll, you'll make more money if you do it. So a couple of situations in which you might want to think about doing that. Elizabeth Taylor, by the way, was married eight times. Eight times. Oh, that's not bad. She wasn't married ten times then. God, why would a person want to be married eight times? Once is more than enough. <laughs> you, you know that you're sitting next oh, to... Oh, oh, oh. No, I didn't mean it quite that way. But No, I'm sure you didn't. There's no. actually been several celebrities that have been married more than that. Uh, Zaza Gabor, how are you pronounce her name? Nine times. Nine times. I didn't know that. She was a glamorous creature. <laughs> well... Will Social Security be there for you when you retire? We believe it will be. We don't think Social Security is ever going to run out of money. At least those two were attractive in their in their day, looking at pictures of them. Larry King was married eight times. Imagine laying in bed next to that shrunken... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> wrinkled thing. I didn't know that well, about him. Elizabeth Taylor and, and Zaza Gabor. <laughs> <laughs> the, the women at least had something more attractive about themselves to offer to multiple husbands, I, was I guess. going to say, that's what money does. Yep. Well, and in, in any event, that's <laughs> not what we're talking about today. So is Social Security going to be there for you, ladies and gentlemen? We think it will be. The biggest myth about Social Security, I think, is that people think there's this massive fund there in Washington. There used to be, but a long time ago, Congress decided it needed some money, so they borrowed money from the Social Security Fund to use in the general budget. So it's really a big IOU when we have our federal budget, there's money that's owed over to Social Security from all the people who are paying in in the course of the year. So they do talk about having a surplus, but as far as having this multi-trillion dollar fund, doesn't exist. It's an IOU. But, there are many things with our government right now. Yeah, well, it's the way many governments work. So we do think it'll be there. Um, the country would have to be in a state of total collapse before we would no longer be able to fund making Social Security payments out. Um, every once in a while you hear long-term projections that by 
the year 2035, we will run out of money. Well, what happens at that point is Congress will have to appropriate more money. Well, you know how well our government plans ahead for things. and No, they don't. <laughs> they don't at all. It's all political expediency, and it doesn't matter which party it is. So they make politically expedient decisions. So, But nevertheless, as people get older, as our population gets older, there's more of a drain on the Social Security Trust Fund, as it's called. And that's why once in a while they increase the amount of the maximum earnings that are subject to Social Security. Here's, here's a quick fact that I think is kind of interesting. If you make more than $142,800 a year, you only pay Social Security tax up to that amount. If you make more than that, let's say you make $250,000 a year, the excess amount over that $142,000 figure does not get taxed for Social Security. I don't think that's appropriate. No, I've never thought that was a fair thing, but it's probably difficult to vote differently uh, in Congress because those people are likely to campaign against you. Yeah, that's how the rich get richer when you're doing that. But in in any event, um, every once in a while, they raise the amount of wages that are subject to the Social Security tax. It ought to be a lot higher. Um, You can also raise the normal retirement age. We're in the process of doing that, and... You know, that's something they can tinker with, too, and it has an enormous benefit. You could lower benefits for future retirees, or you could reduce cost of living increases. The last two are probably not likely to happen. But the bottom line for baby boomers is that you're not likely to see Social Security run out of money, and it's a very important part of our budget. And so really the most important decision, I think, for people is when to take it. And you folks can help them determine that particular age. Right. Yeah. Just give us a call at the office, 508-998-8858. Make an appointment and say you want to come in for a free Social Security review. We'll go through that with you. We can do a computer analysis and tell you the optimum ages, the best times for you to collect. So what's one of the other things you can do? You can take money out of a retirement account instead. So let's say you retire when you're 65, and you say, you know what, I don't want to wait until I'm 67, my full retirement age, even though it's going to cost me money, I'm not going to make as much on Social Security. But I need retirement money now. If you have a retirement account, you got a 401k, an IRA, a 403b, why don't you think about taking money out of that instead and let your Social Security account continue to accrue to a higher benefit. Especially if the earnings on your IRA are less than 8% annually. Yep, that's true. That's what I was going to say, is that that's something that we take into careful consideration as we look at what retirement assets you have, what your budget needs are, and then what's earning what, and where it makes sense to pull the money from that you need, uh, should you need any. So that's something that we do, and people find very helpful. Uh, Dad, how many how many years or how many quarters do people have to work in order to collect Social Security? Uh, 40 quarters or 10 years. And so we've actually seen people who uh, haven't put in the required number of years and they'll work a little bit longer just so they can collect something. And some of those people are because they were stay-at-home moms and they didn't work a whole lot because they were taking care of you know, children. Uh, some of those uh, people that we see, it's because they worked in a career field where they didn't contribute to Social Security because they were going to be collecting a pension, teachers, government workers. Um, so that's another important reason um, to see us, to see if you sure. can work just a little bit more to benefit, to qualify for a Social Security benefit, but then also that leads us to another topic that we'll probably pick up on the the last part of the show, which is if you're getting a pension, are you going to be receiving your Social Security benefits? Mm-hmm. You need to check it out. And um, there's a lots of things, but you know, you just mentioned uh, children. Um, did you like being a child, Pete? A lot less tricky question. A lot less worry. Uh, <laughs> a lot so, more fun just living in the in the moment, living in the day. Yeah. So, uh, Dr. <laughs> Seuss once said that. Adults are obsolete children. 
<laughs> I like that one a lot. Yeah. Uh, but um, there his, are many adults who act like children. That's true. And then again, we talk about up. whether <laughs> your grandchildren, the youngest of which is now two, um, have a mental age that is <laughs> higher or lower than yours. <laughs> well, Dr. Seuss also said, I like nonsense. It wakes up the brain cells. And he also That's said... why Papa has always been so relatable to all of his grandchildren. <laughs> he also said, fun is good. Fun I, is good. Fun is good. That's true. So let me talk... We talked about the big mistake that most people make because half of everybody who applies for Social Security does so at age 62. Most people, big mistake. It's a, as high as 50%? Yep. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that people don't get good advice about that. So here's the second big mistake that people make. They say, well, you know what? I can start collecting Social Security now, whether it's 62 or 63 or 64. It's going to give me extra money. I'm not sure how long I'm going to live. But I'm not going to stop working until I'm 66. So here's what happens if you continue to work and you have not reached your full retirement of age, age of 66 or 67. You're working. If you're making more than, it's a little over $18,000 a year, and you start collecting Social Security and you have not reached your full retirement age of 66 or 67, every $2 that you make over that $18,000 amount, the government's going to take $1 back out of your Social Security check. And so it's a waste of money because you're not going to get the money. And it's a waste because you started collecting too early, which means you're going to be at a lower amount for the rest of your life. And the amounts are really very significant. If you're scheduled to get $2,000 a month from Social Security and you live for 10 more years, not counting cost of living, that's $276,000 you're going to get. If you're going to live for 20 years and you're making $2,000, it's $602,000. It's a lot of money. What if you live for 30 more years and you're collecting $2,000 a month Social Security? $1,001,000. People don't think, gee, if I live for 30 years, I'm going to make a million dollars from Social Security? It's a big deal. So if you start too early, you're shooting yourself in the foot, as Dr. Seuss would say, I guess. Did he say that? No, he didn't say that. <laughs> but he did say a person's a person no matter how small. Oh, that's nice. Think about that for your kids. We're going to take one last break. Remind you that uh, you are listening to Money Wise. We're talking about Social Security. Give us a call. Make an appointment. And we'll give you one of these Baby Boomers Guide to Social Security when you come in. And we'll tell you how to optimize your Social Security. We'll be right back. Call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about your largest, most important asset you have, which is your Social Security benefit for most people. And if you don't plan properly for it, um, you're going to get uh, wrong decisions, basically. Uh, you know, Dr. Seuss really did like children a lot. He once said, you make them, I amuse them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got a snicker from Peter. <laughs> Just funny. It is I, funny. I've been thinking how much I miss going down to Orlando and the fact that Charlotte hasn't seen Universal Studios and Dr. Seussland there. The boys loved that when they were younger. I'll have to figure out how to get down there and show Charlotte soon. She'd like that. Yeah, Dr. Seuss was good. I didn't realize that uh, he did other things before. He was a political cartoonist once, and he also said, I stay out of politics because... If I begin thinking too much about politics, I'll probably drop writing children's books and become a political cartoonist again. So I didn't know that he had that earlier career. They're somewhat related when you think about it, because he wrote a lot of nonsense rhymes. 
There's a lot of nonsense that goes on in politics, yeah. But sure is. I've always admired a witty mind, which he had for sure. Well, your middle child has a very witty mind. And when, when he comes out with his little things, I call him a schmuck. I wonder if that was a Dr. Seuss term. No idea. But yes, he's a little schmuck. smart ASS <laughs> schmuck. And he's, he's very quick-witted. Very smart. He's very quick-witted and he's very funny. I enjoy his company a lot. <laughs> so Dr. Seuss also said, today was good. Today was fun. Tomorrow is another one. <laughs> I'm saving one special Dr. Seuss quotation for the end of the show, so you'll have to remind me. Everybody's waiting on the edge of their seat, and now they were <laughs> just about to turn off the radio, and now they have to wait. <laughs> anyway, this is a really big benefit, Social Security. So we've talked about the average, your most 35-year highest earnings in order to calculate how much you're entitled to. Can you increase your benefit? Sure, you can work your last five or six years and make more money. That'll improve your average and so forth. But the other important things, we've talked about full retirement age. We've talked about not applying too early and delay, 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 if you can afford to delay. And the benefits of delaying are that you're going to make more money for the rest of your life. So some people will say, Pete, well... What if I don't live very long? I wait until age 70 to start to collect, but I only live a few years after that. How do I know what's best for me? Can you do a computer analysis on that? Yeah, that's what I talked about earlier, the break-even analysis. It shows you know, where you would break even, essentially, if you started collecting at age 62 versus 66 versus 70 or whatever age you really want me to calculate. Okay. But it can also be a significant increased benefit for your spouse. And that's something to keep in mind that spouses can claim half or can claim an amount uh, that what's the higher amount between them. Right. So if, you know, again, not any person that comes in here is the same, has the same story, has the same goals, has the same assets as the person that we'll see next. So it's a case by case situation. Always. If you don't have a spouse. Uh, and you don't think that you're going to have a long life, start collecting at 62. Um, you know, unless you have other reasons that you might want to um, think that you might live longer, or, you know, there's all kinds of reasons to, to talk with us and sit down, and every case is totally different. Yep, totally different. We can show you, as Peter said, the break-even analysis. If you say, you know, you've got some serious illness, you don't expect to have a long life expectancy, then maybe you should start collecting earlier. But for couples, you want to also maximize the higher earner's benefit. So we'll see a situation sometimes when maybe somebody didn't work a lot and has a very low benefit, seven or $800 a month. But the higher earning spouse, um, maybe what they should do is continue to wait a longer time because not only is there going to be a higher benefit for that person, but it will further protect the surviving spouse because when the higher earning person, if they should die first, and usually it's a man, um, then the surviving spouse is going to end up with a larger benefit for the rest of their life. So you need to plan for spousal that. You know, I, I talked, I think it was the second part of the show about a government offset provision and a windfall elimination provision. Uh, the acronyms for that is just GOP and WEP. And what that um, means is, and what's interesting, just to backtrack a little bit, is I talked earlier at uh, the first part of the show that we're going to have our largest cost of living adjustment increase uh, since 1983. And anytime I talk about the uh, government offset provision or the windfall elimination provision with someone who has a pension, but also collected and uh, uh, made enough money and, and put enough into the Social Security system to um, qualify for a benefit there. Uh, I always tell them that the GOP and the WEP was created, I think, around 1983, and that year has just sort of stuck in my head, and I'm reading now that that's exactly when it was created, and that's when our, we had our largest cost of living adjustment uh, because of how high the inflation was back then. But um, essentially what this means, and I think it's really unfair, is back in 1983, the government said, if you qualify for a pension, 
then your Social Security benefit, if you qualify for a benefit also, is going to be reduced because you shouldn't get all this money. And right. I think it's... The old double dipping. I think it's wrong. Yeah. If there's only 15 states in the country that do this. If you've earned the money from, you know, working in a regular job for 10 years and a pension for, you know, another 20 years, say, you've earned it. You should get it. But that's not what the government says. You've paid into it. My father uh, retired from the Marine Corps uh, after 20 years. He got a Marine Corps pension. Uh, then he went to work for an insurance company and managed their maintenance department, and he got a pension from that. But he also had paid into Social Security, and he collected Social Security. He got three distinctly different benefits. Yeah, and that's the way it should be. If you've, if you've earned it, you should get it. But unfortunately, that's not the case, so I can calculate what that government offset provision or windfall elimination provision uh, will be and what your Social Security benefit will be reduced by. You know, one of the other important things is um, the uh, survivor benefit or the spousal, the spousal benefit first. The spousal benefit can be as much as one half of the primary worker's benefit. So there's some very specific rules. We'll talk about it very quickly because it's a lot to comprehend in a short period of time. Let's say you have a husband or wife, they're both working, and typically it's the case the husband has the higher earning amount. Maybe the wife has been taking care of kids at home for a year, year earlier part of her career. Let's assume they're both primary, uh, uh, have their primary uh, insurance amount, but let's assume that they're both at full retirement age. So here's what has to happen. The husband has to start taking his Social Security benefit. And assuming he's at full retirement age and she's at full retirement age, she can collect one half of his benefit amount as a spousal benefit and not have to activate her own benefit. There's a mathematical calculation involved here, and you have to put it in the computer and figure out, would she make more money if she collected her own benefit, or would she make more money if she collects half of her husband's benefit and let hers continue to accumulate. And can you go back to adjust that? I've never no. fully understood that. No. You can't go back later and do it. I mean, well, I shouldn't be that dogmatic about it. You have to be look at the ages. Not every spouse situation, they're exactly the same age. Um, we would put that into the formula. And it depends on the ages at which they decide, maybe I should have taken a look at that. In some cases, you could do that, yes. Get it analyzed. It's not difficult to analyze it. The problem is it's hard to do it on your own. So uh, Pete can help you do a customized maximization analysis and show you what are your options? What are the best times you could do this? Um, so there are a lot of rules, 20,000 pages of regulations for Social Security. Uh, it's not simple. And it's a lot more complicated than most people realize. So we've already talked about the divorce spouse rules. Uh, we've talked about how you could do certain things to increase your benefits. Uh, yeah. We talked about some real no-nos, like don't keep working and start collecting Social Security if you're not at full retirement age. You, right, you can only earn up to a certain amount, and you should talk to us about that. After you get to a certain age, then you can go back working as much as you want again. Once you're at that magic full retirement age, which is 66 or 67, then there is no more pullback on your Social Security check. You can continue working, and you can still file for Social Security with no reduction in it. Right. And by the way, if you're in that category where you started collecting Social Security too early and continuing to work, and they take back some of the money from you, you'll get it back eventually. They will adjust it later once you reach full retirement age. But in the meantime, you've, you've started too early and, and you're gonna get less over the course of your lifetime. One of the things that we did not mention is if you are divorced and one of your ex-spouses collects, or many, as we talked about, possibly many collecting off of your um, Social Security benefit, that doesn't actually affect your benefit. You will not even know that they are doing it in most cases, and you know, unless somebody actually tells you one of your ex-spouses or through the gossip grapevine that um, you no, find don't, out. Don't listen to friends and neighbors. They're not going to get it right. You know, as we wind down today, I just want to say that if you have a legal question, 
Unfortunately, I know, Tenny, you see too many people who have not done a will, they've not done a trust, they've not done an estate plan. Sometimes they have significant assets. You've got children to protect. Gosh, come in for a review with Tenny and figure out whether you need to do an estate plan. Give or her, updated estate plan. Yeah, give her a call at uh, 508-998-8800. The consultation doesn't cost you any money to find out what you should be doing. We have less than a minute to go, and again, everybody's just waiting for uh, your special magic quote. Okay, I've got two from Dr. Seuss. One is, whenever things go a bit sour in a job I'm doing, I always tell myself, you can do better than this. And you can do better than this for Social Security. You can do better than this for your estate plan. You can do better than this to protect your family. That's all a Dr. Seuss quote? No, no, it is, but, but I'm going to give you one. No, the, the last part was for me. Uh, give us a call. We're here to help you. And here's my closing Dr. Seuss quote. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself in any direction you choose. You're on your own, and you know what you know. And you are the guy who will decide where to go. Let us help you make those decisions, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Firm offers insurance services. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and USA Wealth Group, Inc. are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This right show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. USA Wealth Group Inc. is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by USA Wealth Group Inc. USA Wealth Group Inc. has a strategic partnership with tax professionals and attorneys who can provide legal advice. Lance Law, Inc. is not affiliated with USA Wealth Group, Inc. or AE Wealth Management. This radio show is a paid placement.